Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback. Hello and welcome to another Sibylline podcast. In this session, we're going to be talking about the recent increase in tensions between Turkey and the US. And with me to do that, I'm joined by our lead uh, Middle East analyst. So we've seen a a number of tit-for-tat moves in the last two weeks especially. What's happened and what's it all about? I think it's important that we understand where this is coming from before moving on to um, what's happening right now. Turkey and um, U.S. relations started to deteriorate when um, the coup happened in 2016. Turkey personally... Attempted coup. coup, (laughs) Failed coup. Turkey holds Fethullah Gülen, the um, uh, Muslim cleric who resides in the U.S., personally responsible, and have asked for U.S. to um, give Gülen back to Turkey a number of times, but this never really um, went anywhere. Negotiations never ended in a satisfactory resolution for Turkey. Is that, that's an interesting point in itself. It, I guess that comes against a context of Turkey and the West, or I should say the West taking a point of view that Turkey cannot be trusted to not mistreat uh, people who are extradited in, in a Western sense that Turkey is becoming increasingly autocratic. And is that why uh, the US will not give up Gulen? There is definitely the human rights angle to this. You're right. So obviously there is the issue with journalists being jailed and other human rights issues, um, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. However, the other issue here is that um, Gulen denies having any connections to the failed coup. So um, there is the issue of not being able to give him back. There's not really that tangible connection. So following from that, 22 months ago, Turkey detains the uh, U.S. pastor who's been residing in Izmir, Turkey, for um, over two decades now. And they detain him for having alleged connections to Fethullah Gülen himself, but also to PKK, the Kurdish organization, the party, which Turkey basically deems as a terrorist organization. This this pastor is... Thomas Brunson, is it? I can't remember. Andrew Brunson. Andrew Brunson. Um, Yes, so Andrew Brunson is detained 22 months ago and awaiting trial. From then on, President Donald Trump repeatedly asked for the um, pastor Brunson's um, release. Turkey denied this, saying this is a basically now up to the court. It's the court's decision, and they can't really have anything to do with that. But it snowballed into a massive diplomatic crisis. And President Trump, on 1st of August, basically said, look, if you are not releasing him, we are going to impose sanctions. This was... Somewhat a drastic measure, but we are dealing with two strong-headed leaders who are not willing to take a step back. Now, the pastor is Evangelican, which is one of um, Trump's main support groups. And it sort of uh, had an undertone of a religious conflict as well. So neither party was willing to take a step back from it. And following from the 1st of August, the sanctions... A couple of days later, Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan stated that 
that Turkey will also be imposing sanctions and taking measures against the U.S. And as you know, two days ago, there was a shooting in Ankara. It was a um, pass-by, drive-by? A, a drive-by shooting. A yeah. drive-by shooting. And while nobody was harmed, this sort of underlined the growing anti-American sentiment. Because the shooting was outside the U.S. consulate in the city, right? The, the, uh, it was the U.S. embassy, and right. actually it, it hit the U.S. embassy as well. It, it didn't harm anybody, and two people were arrested the following day. But it wasn't really a terrorist organization. It was just basically people who are angry at the U.S. Yeah. So. so we're looking at a situation where Donald Trump feels compelled to act on behalf of Andrew Brunson in order to demonstrate that he is taking a hard line on behalf of his, his evangelical uh, and his, uh, his support base, I guess, back in the U.S. And meanwhile, we've got uh, President Erdogan, who is also having to take a hard line to demonstrate that he will not give up Brunson without getting Gulen in return uh, as such. Meanwhile, we've got the, the sanctions and the counter-sanctions going on, and the net output of this is a rise in anti-American sentiment within Turkey, um, and something that perhaps uh, might increase going forward. So how do you think this is going to manifest in the future? Do you think we're looking at, you know, a, an increase in, in measures or do you think Erdogan is going to seek to protect the Turkish economy? And how do you think the Turkish people are going to respond to this? Now, the growing anti-American sentiment, I think it's important to highlight, is largely due to the decline in economy. Turkish lira hit a record low last week against the US dollar, and this is also having an effect on emerging um, markets as well. But when the economy is threatened, this, this results in a growing anti-American sentiment because the way President Erdogan is framing it is because of the U.S. sanctions, the, the tone that U.S. having, and, and also the foreign minister, maybe Çavuşoğlu, has stated that Turkey is willing to hold talks, but not with this sort of political tone where Turkey, it, Turkey feels threatened by the U.S. So growing anti-American sentiment is very much parallel to how much Turkey's economy is being influenced by the U.S. sanctions, which at the moment um, is, is quite, quite much. So in the coming weeks, yes, we are expecting to see uh, a grow in, in the sentiment and um, perhaps similar attacks and, and low-level protests might occur in, in Turkey as a result of this. Visitors and U.S. citizens residing in Turkey might be influenced as well um, to a certain extent. And while President Erdogan is reluctant to impose any sort of difficulty to um, U.S. companies, because this will simply have a negative effect on economy even further, maybe some regulatory changes might happen. We might see some, um, you know, slowing the operations or um, some tax issues rising. Okay, so we think we're looking at more on-the-ground issues such as, you know, U.S. companies perhaps being subjected to greater searches, which slows things down, out of a, perhaps out of a sense of spite by the, the by, the individuals on the ground, as opposed to um, Turkey trying to uh, impose retaliatory measures, which might Im which might impact the Turkish economy. Exactly, Turkey is not really in a position to take drastic measures because if they do, there's the risk that Turkish lira might lose even more value against the U.S. dollar, which is not something they want. They're trying to make sure that that doesn't happen, and therefore. 
It might be more of small issues and low-level protests, low-level attacks, and maybe some restrictions to visas, basically things that might make life a little bit difficult, but nothing that, that is going to be like a hard-line measure that's gonna, that's the U.S. is going to deem as a threat. Yeah. So what we're looking at here, I guess, is America being blamed within Turkey, America, uh, America or I should say the White House being blamed for the, these measures from a sort of a nationalist standpoint by President Erdogan and, and the administration. And that, therefore, having an effect within the public, within Turkey, towards uh, US businesses, or, or I should say uh, to Americans, broadly. So do you think that Turkish people will respond to this sentiment by becoming increasingly aggressive towards Americans in general, including tourists and, uh, and travelers and so on? Or is this anger being specifically targeted towards the White House and the American administration, hence the attack on the U.S. embassy or, or outside the U.S. embassy, rather than just, you know, mugging American visitors or, or, or so on? So what I'm getting at is what's the threat to Americans in general or is this specific to uh, the U.S. administration? First, I would like to highlight that is a very good point. Nationalism is a very effective tool that um, President Erdogan has used time and again to invoke any sense of um, reaction from domestically. So, and he is trying to do this again. We see this in his choice of words, in his tone. He said that what the U.S. is doing is basically an attack on the flag, and Turkey is being, um, being is the subject of an economic war. So there is that undertone of nationalistic pride going against against the U.S., which is something that is going to be effective in the Turkish society. So going forward, there's definitely going to be an anti-American sentiment that might express itself against American tourists and American citizens. But at the moment, it looks like it is very much contained to U.S. government assets. And what we might see is a self-imposed boycott from the Turkish citizens towards certain U.S. US establishments, U.S. companies. That might be something we might could see in the future. Yeah. And what about in Chilik? You know, there's this kind of big elephant in the room almost. You know, Turkey, a NATO member, hosting a huge amount of NATO forces, notably at the in Chilik air base, out in the uh, east of the country, do we think that Ankara might close down NATO access to Inchirlik? You know, or is that would that be a kind of a, a real red flag? Is that on the cards or not really? It is unlikely. Inchirlik is um, closing down. Inchirlik would be a drastic measure and. Um, it's not something that we are expecting President Erdogan to do at the moment. Like we, like I said, it's more of taking small measures that could basically um, increase tensions in the longer term. But it's not going to be. Uh, President Erdogan is not likely to take any any drastic measures such as closing down Injilik or impose any large sanctions on the U.S. This is what we are seeing as a trend currently because it has been low-level attacks, low-level protests and smaller measures such as Turkish Airlines um, stating that they will not be taking any U.S. advertising anymore. So it's not a massive measure, and but Injilik would be and it would escalate um, the situation drastically. So at the moment, it's unlikely. So President Erdogan, I, I guess, in a bit of a catch-22 situation of 
needing to placate his supporter base, but also, uh, I guess, a little bit concerned about U.S. influence on the Turkish economy. Because let's let's face it, the, the U.S. is the uh, is the big brother to most countries in the world economically, and the U.S. is able to weather economic sanctions more so than most other countries in the world. Hence, why uh, President Trump and the administration is using that particular vector to such effect uh, the world over, whether we're looking at Europe or, or uh, Asia-Pacific or, or Turkey. So obviously the, the other sort of big aspect that we haven't yet talked about is Syria. Um, US troops, uh, US assets involved in Syria, Turkish troops, Turkish assets involved in Syria. What do we think uh, is the future for that engagement? Or, or should I say, for the fu- is the future of US and Turkish uh, tensions or, or uh, cooperation on Syria? This is another issue that might be a bit difficult to navigate for President Erdogan because he has promised to move forward with the military operations in Syria during his electoral campaign. And that's a key part of the national of the Turkish nationalist sentiment or, or rhetoric, I guess. Definitely, definitely. So um and this was very well received by the public. So the key point is at the moment is Mumbish. Because basically, U.S. also has troops on the ground. And this might mean that Turkish troops and U.S. troops um, might have some sort of interaction on the ground, which is something I think neither party wants to see. I think President Erdogan is going to take his time with uh, the operations in Syria for the time being. He's not going to make any drastic moves there either. But um, going forward, Syria is definitely gonna, going to be one of the places where we see a main conflict between Turkey and the U.S., especially because Turkey really wants the YPG and PKK forces out of the region, especially um, along, along the Turkish-Syrian border. But um, U.S. sees YPG as one of its main allies against the IS forces. So it's going to be difficult going forward, and it's going to be one of the tension points that we can see in the uh, short to medium term. Brilliant. Thank you so much for all of your insight there. Really dynamic situation, something that we'll continue to report on a lot in our alerts, Uh, our daily reports, our weeklies and our monthlies. So if any of our conversation today has triggered particular questions or thoughts, please do not hesitate to get in touch and we'd be happy to expand on any aspect. Thank you for listening and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you would like to learn more about our services or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at sibyline.co.uk.